exit. Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, Doreen Gray and the story behind her amazing vids. And to begin an intro into the story behind Doreen Gray and her amazing vids, we had Act of Dog featuring Doreen's good friend Bill Shirt. I think he goes by Bill. What is it? What does he go by? Well, he used to have, it used to be Bill Shirt, but... But he's just taken up his real last name. And, of course, you can tell that we're dealing with another punky. person from the media right here because Doreen moved right away from the mic right before the interview, right? That's awesome. Has audio always been a problem for you doing these video stuff, Doreen? Well, I'm having to stretch my neck out like a crane. Oh, pull her down if you want. All right. And, well, let's just first say, who are you? Who am I? Yes. Well, just an ordinary person, just like everybody else. You are Doreen Gray. I'm Doreen Gray. Welcome to the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. Thank you, Mr. Uh, Serviette. And we just heard right there, Active Dog, didn't we? Featuring Bill Shirt or yes. Bill Shrek. What's the deal behind him, please? Could you please give me some information on the Active Doggers? Because they play an important part in your life, don't they, Doreen? Yes, they do. The um, When I first saw Active Dog, I realized that I needed to start videotaping the punk bands in Vancouver. And it was Bill Shirk who actually inspired me. I just thought he was an amazing writer, an amazing musicologist, an amazing singer, and I loved his work. And I just felt like he was like a special person. And so I started 
filming. And you still film to this day. In fact, I've seen you film at Neptune Records. That's true. Not too long ago. Yes. And speaking of Neptune Records, Mike Roach from the Manipulators phoned in. Hello, Mike Roach. Roach Harbor. Ever been to Roach Harbor at all on the San Juan Islands? Don't you have some association with the Gulf Islands at all, Lenore? Have uh, you ever done any filming on the Gulf Islands? No, I ended up building a house on one of the Gulf Islands. Oh, really? Yeah. So there is some association there, a little, Doreen. Yeah, a little. What, what Gulf Island, if we may ask? It was Denman Island. On Denman Island? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's Roach Harbor. If you heard of Roach Harbor, I think there's like Roach Harbor on one of the Gulf Islands. And I think of Mike Roach. And Mike Roach just phoned in from Nipulators to say that from Edmonton, Alberta, the Famines are going to be playing a free in-store tomorrow, Saturday, 4 p.m. at Neptune Records. So again, that's the Famines, an amazing two-piece band from Edmonton, Alberta, playing tomorrow, Saturday at Neptune Records at 4 p.m. And you're still filming to this very day, aren't you, To Doreen? this very day. You can go to YouTube. I'm on YouTube under Doreen Gray and MySpace. I've got a lot of stuff up on MySpace, so I highly recommend you check those out. So from 1978 right up to 2010, you've been doing all sorts of filming. That's right. And you have unearthed an amazing anthropological type thing for us to have yes. for us to have yes. because it's something to have isn't it's it it's our culture something it's, to have this is our culture on wednesday night what's going to be happening you are going to be recreating july the 15th 1979 that's right because on July the 15th, 1979, the k aka the Young Canadians, and the Dead Kennedys, and I, Brain Eater, played at the Vancouver East Cultural Centre, and you were there with your video camera. With two video cameras. Two and video cameras. And a switcher, yes. Looks amazing, the footage that All I saw. All hand-wired, too. And you're going to be displaying this to the people out there in Radio Land and yes. non-Radio Land people this Wednesday, May 19th at Little Mountain Gallery, which is 195 East 26th here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So that entire gig is going to be played there. That's The well, Dead Kennedys, the K-Tells, and the Brain Eaters. Almost the whole gig. Because that's one of the things that we're trying to do with these gigs is raise money to help with the transferring. There's no money to do transfers, so we have to raise, you know, put on these benefits to get the stuff transferred. So the little, the end of the video is missing, and that's one of the reasons that we're pointing out to people we need to get the stuff done. But there's still over an hour's worth of stuff of, like, Dead Kennedys at the Vancouver East Cultural Centre. July 15th, 1979 has been transported to Wednesday, May 19th, 2010, by Doreen Gray. An entire gig has been played, pretty much over an hour. So you can actually see these bands, bands that you probably never saw before, live, performing and it looks really great too like it's really like you are there isn't it yes. like it isn't just some handicam no. it's a heavy handicam yeah. but you said there was a switcher involved a switcher for people who don't know what a switcher is that's a lot of work for a punk gig in 79 isn't it yeah it was a lot of work period for all the gigs I had to carry very heavy equipment for the whole thing you know three quarter decks are very heavy I usually hauled those myself I usually did all the setup myself I did all the wiring Myself, you know, it was really difficult to do that and get good sound. For some reason, sound was always like kind of a thing that was uh, elusive, and so I didn't get a lot of sound. Good sounds did not have very good sound. More's the pity, but some of them do, and it's, it's well, good. things we are the same got, today. Right? I mean, look on YouTube; the sound is 
terrible. In fact, YouTube has helped validate the stuff you have because you're saying your sound is bad. Listen to YouTube sound of stuff. It's like... Your stuff sounds better than ever, so don't belittle your sound. It's pretty damn good, and you can actually hear the sound of the Dead Kennedys. The Dead Kennedys return to Vancouver July the 15th, 1979 is going to be May 19th, 2010. That's next Wednesday at Little Mountain. And you've done this before, haven't you, Doreen? What? At Little Mountain. Yes. Yeah. What can you tell the people about that? last time we had the Rock Against Prisons. Another gig? Yes. And where was that gig? Uh, the Rock Against Prisons, I think, was at the Japanese Hall. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not the one. I can't remember that stuff. I remember doing all the work, but some stuff I just put out in my mind because it's, like, too much. You have to, like, take some out, put other stuff in kind of thing. So, Doreen, you're putting on these great movies, these great gigs that we're able to relive. But people in Vancouver might know you, Doreen Gray, from getting blue boxes for Vancouver. You're, help, you're behind that, helping get blue boxes for Vancouver? I forced the GVRD to do a waste management review because they hadn't done one for like 25 years. So I forced them to do a waste management review and out of that, Vancouver got blue box recycling. But... The other things, like the UBC hazardous waste incinerator, I stopped that, and the refuse-derived fuel plant they wanted to put in Strathcona. I went into environmental work after I stopped doing punk bands, moved out of the punk stuff, and moved into environmental so every time a band uses a blue box to carry their gear <laughs> to a gig, you're angry about that? No, no. But no. they should thank you. Doreen Gray, you were one of the people, or you were the person. that actually got blue boxes for Vancouver. How did well, that come about? That's pretty amazing. Was, well, it was not just mainly a matter of influence. It was a mainly a matter of just never shutting up and not allowing the engineers to get away with all the stuff. They kept, you know, they kept imposing these stupid regulations on things that didn't allow for recycling, didn't allow for reduction, didn't allow for reuse. And it's still just as bad. They still make garbage cans bigger than the recycling boxes, if you can believe that. I mean, you even see it in their own charts. They've got this much we can recycle and this little tiny bit for residuals and they still make the garbage cans bigger. So explain the logic in that to me. I mean, I can't figure it out. And now because they've been so lax in keeping up with the with the res- the stuff that they should be removing from the garbage, that they decided they have to build more incinerators. So now we're going to have more pollution in the environment. But that's that's another story. Did you really want to talk about that? Well, I thought it was really great. The blue boxes. Doreen Gray is not only responsible for capturing the dead Kennedys on July the 15th, 1979. You can actually watch with the K-Tales next Wednesday at Little Mountain Gallery, but also the blue boxes for Vancouver. And you did a video with Jeremy Gluck. Yes, how did you find that? Jeremy Gluck, a Canadian, a Canadian, the ex-singer of the Barracacadudas. Yeah, but so where did you see that? Did he put it up on YouTube or something? Jeremy Gluck and Lenore. Oh, sorry, Doreen Gray. Connected. Yeah, but... What can you tell the people about that? Because this is pretty good. Jeremy Gluck is an interesting character because he's a Canadian that moved to England That's and right. became singer for the Barracudas. Yeah, he was a, one of my favorite bands that I've played many times at a Nardwater Human Serviette radio show. How did you meet Jeremy Gluck? Did you know him in his Canadian early punk phase or did you just meet him in later years? Uh, no, I met him through a friend of mine and, uh, 
and he was doing some work called Data Whore with Jeremy Gluck. That was the name of the group, Data Whore. So what I did is I did some sound mixes and I made some videos to go with the sound mixes and Jeremy really liked my work. And he kept sending me songs to do to do more mixes with and do more videos with. So I ended up doing a fair number of videos for Jeremy, for the for Data Whore, and then also for the other stuff that he was doing. Do you think he's going to come to Vancouver and do any barracudas or any of his own stuff? No, no, not at all. Do you know anything about the early Jeremy Gluck? I love the story of a Canadian moving to England and forming the barracudas. I know, but they were pretty M.O.R., Nardwar. What does that mean? Middle of the road. Oh, no, 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 no. I wish it could be 1965 again. I wish it could be... No, they were great. The Barracudas. M.O.R. surf music. It's kind of, you know, not too interesting. So right there, a bit of bias has been disclosed (laughs) here by Doreen Grace. You did not film any any M.O.R. bands in your archives. What's the closest you got to filming M.O.R. Uh, in your archives? I guess. What about the police? Where did that clip come from? There's a uh, the clip interview of th- with police? Yeah, does it that in- was just an interview that we did in the Commodore Ballroom in the back. And it was private school was on the bill. So they were opening for police. And I was interviewing private school. Dimwit was actually doing the interview. I got Dimwit to do that. And then uh, I, we also roped the police into doing an interview. Has that been aired anywhere, or was that just on one of the tapes you transferred? Yeah, it was just on that film, Bovary's Children, The Life and Death of Dreams, Part 1. It would be interesting to see the full interview with Sting. Yeah. Dimwit versus Sting. (laughs) Oh, no, Dimwit didn't do it. No, it was Ron Nelson who was interviewing the police. Dimwit interviewed private school. Oh, okay, because Dimwit versus the police, that would have been incredible. Yeah, no, that would have been better, but... He didn't want to do it. It was too nerve-wracking for him. He could do private school, but it was Ron Nelson. He had all the bravado to do to do the police. So when you filmed that, what was that for? What were you going to do with that footage? I don't know. It was just like, here I was. I had the camera. I had the people. So I just did it, right? I first saw you, Doreen Gray, on Soundproof, Rock Against Radiation. <gasps> what was going on there? It was a gig, and what was that gig? Okay, that there was a lot of violence that was creeping into the punk scene because people wanted to start fights all the time. They hated punks. And so you get these greasers that would come in from out of town, from Surrey and places like that. And they picked fights with punks because they wanted to show punks that they were the tough ones. And so there was always these fights happening. And the, there was a film crew there. Um, and they were like... They were, they were filming this fight that was going on. I said, like, don't do that. This All this does is bring more bad, like, bad news. It just, like, it's a bad image. We don't want an image that punk rock is violent. Because the reason why I really love punk rock is because not only was it about music, but it was about politics. It was about changing society. It was about finding justice. It was, you know, protecting the environment. There was It was, like... Um, you know, helping people in prison. There's a whole range of things that punk rock and art punk rock was about then. And it wasn't about violence. And I saw you talking to the cameraman. Yes. Yeah, and you were trying to say something say into the mic. Yeah. Just like right off the top of the Nardwater Human Serviette radio show, I was moving the mic. They were moving the mic on you. Yeah. They were trying to stop you. Is this yeah. the sabotage that yeah. you were talking about? Well, I don't know. No, not that kind of sound sabotage. I meant like when I had sound all wired up, people would unplug stuff. 
But at this particular gig, this was Rock Against Radiation, you know, Pointed Sticks, DOA, it was at Vanier Park, 1979. You're there, and you're seeing this violence, and you're trying to tell them, don't film this violence. That's right. And I saw you on film trying to really say that, and they included you on that. That's yeah. quite a clip, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm, I really, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't my best moment. That was for the TV. Playing it over and over again, people said, hey, I've seen you on TV, and I said, you know, and... You're, you're looking really strange, so it was kind of an embarrassing moment. You never thought of giving any of your stuff to Soundproof since they were airing stuff? Like, couldn't you have said, hey, look, you're airing this about me. Why don't you air some of the punk stuff that I filmed? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't do that. I wasn't very aggressive. I'm still not very aggressive. I still, like, feel really reticent about um, advertising my own work and promoting myself. It's, it's hard for me to do. Well, let me do that for you because next Wednesday, the K-Tells, Dead Kennedys and Brain Eater, live, July the 15th, 1979, transported to Wednesday, May the 19th, 7pm, Little Mountain Gallery, 195 East 26th here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. An actual DK's gig. An actual DK's and K-Tells and Brain Eater is doing some painting oh, in the yeah. background. You're playing this at Little Mountain. This isn't interviews. This isn't little snippets. This is like a full-length sit-down and enjoy. Will there be beverages? Uh, there might be. Because interestingly, beverages were there. Because no, I was were, at the Vancouver no, East Cultural no, Center no, yeah. when that was going on. Did yeah. you ever drink when you were filming? No. Never? No. Have you ever done any experiments with that, like drinking and then filming? Um, well, I see, like, I learned from experience, like, when you get stoned and you're trying to do camera and stuff like that, it's kind of, you lose, things happen that you don't want to happen. Doreen Gray, what is VDoc? Vancouver Documentary is a group of people that have come together to make the film about the scene. And it's a collaborative group, and we're going to make a collaborative film that's going to encompass the whole range or the whole, on, what's that word, you know, the whole thing. It's like all the aspects of, of the punk scene from that period. And you guys have these regular meetings and regular showings. Regular meetings, regular showings. And right now, presently, we're raising money to do the rest of the transfers for the videos. How many videos are there? Like, how many tapes? Like, does it fill up a couple boxes? What does it look like? Oh, way bigger than that. I've probably got about 100 hours of stuff. How many tapes, though? Three-quarter tapes. Yeah, how many tapes? Like, how many boxes does it take up? Oh, I, I don't know. It's like you, a giant when pile? When you get into, like, two, three hundred tapes, it's a lot. It fills up my pla- it filled up my place for a Are they all time. labeled or do you have to go through them to find out what's on them? Well, you know, you sort of, you know, I don't know. I'm not very good at labeling things and dating things. I, you know, I just sort of go on to the next thing. And so, you know, I pretty much have to uh, relabel things after I've transferred it. And it looks like we have a caller right now. Hello, caller. Are you there? Yes, I am. And I'm wondering when that office is open, Phil, because I won something out there and oh, I have to go to, to it is open till probably about 4.30 oh, okay thank you and do 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 and you're still listening to CITR Radio FM 102 Cable 102 Vancouver British Columbia Canada and the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show I was thinking it might have been Bill Shirt phoning in I, was I mentioned Bill Shirt earlier he was one that turned you on to punk so please explain to me how did you get into punk through Bill like where did you meet Bill Shirt like here you are in Vancouver in the mid 70s late 70s how did you get into punk how did you get down to the gigs how did you meet Bill what did you first hear Oh, let's see. I got. I guess the first thing that turned me on to punk was um, was the Sex Pistols. And how did you hear them? 
Um, through some friends of mine. They played it for me, and I thought it was the best stuff I ever heard. Because I was thinking that you might have been in punk through Bill Bissett, the artist Bill Bissett, because he's like the ultimate punk from the 60s. He like is. 60s punk. He was. Did he turn you on to punk? Because you do a lot of coloring with him, and he's an amazing legend, and yeah. he's totally punk. Yeah, I did, I did some experimental sound stuff with Bill, too, yeah. And he's done quite a few albums. We had a band called Sonic Horses. At the same time as Sonic Youth was formed, we, we, were, we called ourselves Sonic Horses, and we were, we're the same time period, actually. Yeah. What's interesting about that is I think Sonic Youth actually cite Bill Bissett as an influence. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, it's wild cool. that, yeah. that you have the same name well, now. Well, that's because I gave him a tape. I gave him one of our tapes. The Sonic the Sonic Youth. Horses tape. When was I gave, that? I gave this up. Well, I was in New York visiting Dan Graham, and we went to Hoboken to film Black Flag when Henry Rollins was still in there with long hair, and he was really skinny. And uh, so Sonic Youth went with us because they were Dan Graham's neighbors. Dan Graham's a famous artist from New York. And how did you meet him? Just because I was an artist, and he liked punk music, and I don't know. I can't remember were how I always Were you living in New York people. at that time? Yeah. But back to Vancouver, the Sex Pistols, and then how did you meet Bill Shirt from Active Dog? Well, from Active Dog and from hanging out on the punk scene and then going to the parties and then, like, filming stuff and just, you know, it just gradually happened. Do you happens. remember the first punk gig that you went to in Vancouver at all, Doreen Gray? Uh, I'm just trying to remember. I think it was the sub... I think it was something at the windmill. I'm pretty sure. But you weren't filming then? No. And no, it, but that's what that's why I, I was taking photos and I thought like this is stupid. Here's this whole performance with music and sound and energy going on and it's just being captured on a still. There's no way that you can capture that with a still camera. You can get a little bit, but you can't get the whole experience. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to capture the whole experience. So I started off with a reel to reel black and white. It's interesting also, and I love the word interesting, there's a lot of interesting stuff to do with Doreen Gray, who is showing some of the stuff that she filmed in 1979 with the Dead Kennedys next Wednesday at Little Mountain. What time again? Seven. At seven, next Wednesday at Little Mountain with the Dead Kennedys. Intermedia, Metro Media, all these media places. Yeah. What? All these media places. Well, uh, no, it wasn't. No place to play. Point zero eight. No Place to Play was a gig that I put on uh, to, to talk about the fact that there wasn't any place to play. You know, because after the cops came in and shut everybody down, there's a background story about that. I don't even know whether I should tell you that one. Okay, you can. <laughs> I just got the clearance. You can tell it. Well, okay, so... Uh, so it was uh, Simon Snotface, and you know that Paul McKenzie guy? From the real McKenzie's. From the real, this is before the real McKenzie's. He got into a fight with a cop and beat him up. So the cops were so pissed off that they came around to all the punk rock uh, rehearsal places and the scenes, and they started shutting them down and beating people up. And, but a lot of people don't know that that's why they were reacting like that, because they don't take kindly to having one of their own beaten up by a punk rocker. And No Place to Play came as a result of this? Well, No Place to Play was just a gig. It wasn't like, you know, it was just, you know, it was just talking about the fact that there wasn't any... It was like a gig, and we called it No Place to Play, because there wasn't any place to play. 
And you are Doreen Gray, and as I mentioned, your Dead Kennedys opus will be displayed next Wednesday with the K-Tells and I, Brainier, at Little Mountain Sound. Now, this is not to be confused with the punk movie. If anybody is tuning in right now, you are not Suzanne Tabata, are you? Or are you Suzanne Tabata? No, I'm not Suzanne Tabata, but she's a very nice girl, woman. What is the punk movie, for people that don't know? Uh, it's a story about the early scene, but it's mostly about DOA, subhumans, pointed sticks, and, you know, the kind of well-known bands. And I think she had to stick to a formula of well-known bands in, in order to get her movie financed and get it shown and stuff, which is too bad because there's really a lot more there. So I think the collaborative group is going to be good at picking up the the... What was missing, yeah, though? Wasn't everything yeah, covered? Oh, AKA wasn't in there. The Zealots weren't in there. Like, uh, Well, speaking of AKA... Industrial we- Waistband wasn't in there. AKA, um, I already said AKA. Point Zero Eight wasn't in there. There's a bunch of bands. Who are Point Zero Eight? Oh, that's the one with Randy Pandora and, and um, Colin Griffiths, who is from New Jerk. And we have right now queued up some AKA. And what can you tell the people about AKA? Oh, they were crazy. They had it's Alex Vardy was in that band, and he also played before he was in um, AKA. He was with AV Tim Ray and AV. So um, who released the first release of Punk? That's right in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah. And here's some AV on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show with Doreen. Gray.
chill. You drive that car, but it's yours you feel. Realize enough as you lift TV. Commercial for free, you and me. Commercial for free, you and me.
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And we have here today Doreen Gray. And Doreen, what are you showing next week? We're showing the Dead Kennedys with the K-Tells and I Brain Eater doing an enormous painting in the background. Visually, it's stunning. And this is happening at the Little... Mountain Gallery at 156 26? East 26. East 26. This is next Wednesday. And what time? 7 p.m.? 7 p.m. till 11 p.m. Se- it's not very long. An actual gig. Or maybe only 10 p.m. Who knows? And we just heard right there. What did we hear? We heard some Ziggy Magic. And Ziggy what- Magic, yeah. And what can you tell the people about that? That's actually from a movie by Peter Lipsky. Yes, and he filmed the Subhumans at the Indian Center, which was probably the first punk gig in Vancouver. And this movie he made was not the Subhumans singing. It was actually Siggy Magic. Siggy Magic who was singing, yeah. And you were saying what we just played went for $500 on eBay? On eBay, yeah. Very, very rare. A yeah, very, very rare. rare. You can't get it anywhere. The and single, the actual original single, no. And before that, we heard some AKA. Yeah. I had it on the wrong speed there That's for okay. a little while. It's, and it's you experimental lo- anyways. So. And you love the AKA, right? I love AKA, yeah. Were absolutely. they around, though, at that time? Well, they were, they were, but, you know, the punks really, like, treated them badly. Like, punks kind of had their own... Uh, ideas about what music should be and if there was anything that was just a little bit different they would really diss it and and you know make fun of it and say it was awful so you know really um but not everybody in the punk scene was like that it that's i mean that was what's so great was so great about the punk scene is that we had artists making music and musicians making art and um, experimental stuff was really big in Vancouver. We had a huge electronic scene. Um, you know, look at David M. and, you know, No Fun. They were, so, you know, some of the most hilarious uh, satires on things was from No Fun. The particular gig that you're going to be showing next Wednesday, the Dead Kennedys gig, has Jello Biafra seen this gig at all? Uh, he did right after we shot it. And uh, at the time, I didn't like the way that the light... See, like, John Doe was doing the lighting for that gig. And it was good, because he was being really cool and, you know, experimental with it. And what happened is, is when he changed the lights, I had to keep switching the uh, camera, because the light would go out in one, and I'd have to switch to the other. So there was a lot of rapid switching, which at the time, I didn't like, because everybody... You know, you're used to old kind of television where it's very slow and you go from one scene to the next very slowly. So, but now when I look at it, I go, no, that's really, that was, it was really ahead of its time in terms of the way it looked. And so now it doesn't look so bad at all. It looks great. What did Jello think of it when he watched it? Well, it was because it was my fault. I said, oh, I don't really like the lighting and the switching on that. And so I think it was a bass player said, yeah, I don't like it either. And so it kind of got left to the side for a long time. You know, I didn't, I said, I don't want to watch that again. So that would happen with a lot of tapes. I realized that there was some technical glitch, either sound or video or something like that. So I just, I put it on the shelf and, and go to myself. That was a big failure and I don't want to watch that again. But Luckily, now I still have it, so when I bring it all out, I see, oh, well, that mistake wasn't that bad after all, and 
nobody would notice it, really. Well, it's really incredible that you captured it, because it's so great to see the dead Kennedys in their prime, actually even before their prime, doing, like, California Uber Alice before it's even been released. Like, they're playing it, and it hasn't even been released. No. All these songs that they have on their classic albums and singles, they're playing here in Vancouver, yeah. and they haven't been released. I think maybe they'd released one thing. I guess I'd always wondered what the young Canadians were like live. The Ktels were K-tel. like live, and they're like that. It's yeah. great to be able to see them play because they're yeah. also on the bill. Yeah. And they seem to have a good turnout, too. It seem oh. to be almost more people up front for them than for the dead Kennedys. Yeah, people love the Ktels. Like, Art Bergman was the musician's musician. People loved him. All the other musicians just, you know, adored him. So you mentioned when you were filming this, it was a multi-cam shoot. Who was the other person on the cam and who was doing the switching? Ed Mowbray was on the other camera. I was doing the switching and a lot of the time I had to do camera and switching at the same time. And switching is just like a fader between the two? Oh, fader, just a, a quick switch button, you know. How about the sound? How did you do the sound? Did you just plug it right into I the soundboard? Even, yeah, I can't even remember. I think that, I think we had a couple of lines from the um, soundboard that were going. I think we had one room mic and then one for the voice. And it's great watching it, too, yeah. that you guys even edited the sound check. Like, it looks like the Dead Kennys are doing a sound check, and the way you edited the way it's going back and forth, the switching going back and forth, that yeah. really looks neat. Yeah. Like, it almost, like it's kind of like a heart, like a bang, 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 bang. You're, like, yeah. switching. Yeah. Is that what you were thinking, or were you just going yeah, for it? Yeah, I kind of, a lot of times I used to switch to the beat. Uh, was that the sound check I was watching? Because if it was, that was the most interesting sound check I've ever seen. Well, it was a setup, and the, I think there was something that kept fucking up, and so they had to keep stopping and restarting again. I think it happened once or twice, didn't it? Was there one, any- one point he was really, like, Jello was, like, really pissed off because the rest of the band couldn't get it together. Floor sleeping at one point. Was that the sound check? Uh, no, he's just a dramatic person, you know, and he was probably showing that, you know, he's really bored, he's ready to go to sleep, you know, waiting for everyone. And these are some of the great images captured on this amazing thing that you have captured yourself, Doreen Gray, July 15th, 1979, the K-Tels, Dead Kennedys, I Brain Eater at the Vancouver Cultural Centre, transported to next Wednesday, May the 19th, 2010, to Little Mountain Gallery, 195 East 26th, East 26th Avenue at 7 p.m. How did you do the editing back then? Was there any post-production on it? No, not on that stuff, because when you're switching on camera or have a switcher for the camera, you don't need to edit anything. It really looks like it has post-production on it, which is so cool, like the colors and stuff like that. Was the lighting just that way? Yeah, it just happened that way. And I think that was the beauty of shooting back then, is that, you know, you took what, what you got, you know, you've you had this, and so you captured what you could, and that was what it was. And Jello is going all out, too, isn't he? Even though there's not a lot of people there, he's going with the miming. He is so good with the miming, isn't he's he? He's really good at that. But, you know, I, I have another gig with uh, the subhumans that the Dead Kennedys did, too. That's pretty good. Where he hates, he's like falls into the audience and gets lost. We couldn't really fall into the audience here because there no. weren't that many people, were there? Was it no, really that empty? It, well... I don't know why there weren't a lot of people. There, I, actually, there was quite a lot of people there. If you look at it at the end, when you get see the end footage, more people end up coming in at the end. Not really for the Dead Kennedys, though. It seems like oh, there yeah. wasn't much action going on from other Dead Kennedys yeah. footage that I've seen. There's yeah. a lot of stuff, you know, a slamming and stuff. People are just pogoing up and down. Like, there's no slamming. There's no slamming. No, there's a lot of real dancing. But, you know, I think it was kind of a more in-crowd that went to that show. More in punk crowd and it was punk it didn't have a lot of 
you know, heavy Surrey guys or, you know, people that like to... And again, more people seem to be upfront for the young Canadians and more yes. upfront for the dead Kennedys. Like Jello was jumping in the audience and he has lots of room to jump yeah. around. Yeah. It's just wild it to see that because I always thought every dead Kennedy's gig was packed and to see not a lot of people in front of the stage is like, wow. And it looks so crisp and clean like it could have happened yesterday. It doesn't really look too dated, does it? No. I mean, aside from... The yeah. idea that it really is yeah. 1979 yeah. doesn't look dated at all. And the quotes from Jello are great, like, we've been sabotaged, <laughs> he yells out at one time. Anyone, anybody want to hear chopsticks while we adjust the guitar? And he also yells out, how many people brought opera glasses? He's just going full out there. And he said, we've been sabotaged. And you said you were sabotaged doing some filming. People have been pulling the plug out and stuff that you're doing on purpose? Well, some gigs, they were like that. They'd unplug the mic or, you know, they'd move it or they you know stuff like that on this particular gig looks like somebody looks right into the camera was that on purpose where into at the sub at the uh dead kennedy's yeah hotels i'll have to look at the footage again like somebody's running and like looks like right in the camera oh, yeah. i was wondering about sabotage yeah you know, yeah if that was sabotage at no all. no there's just someone showing off and during great jello also seems to be fighting somebody or is that a joke no, that was the other part of the rest of his band. They were like they were like trying to lay claim to his intellectual property, which was the music and the lyrics. And they said, "No, no, we wrote that." And no, I didn't mean that. I mean at the actual gig, though. It looked like he was fighting somebody in the oh. audience. In the audience, there was like somebody in the front. He's rolling on the ground. With. Oh, that's probably just play acting. Because it looked pretty official. Nah, just play acting. Like, I thought you caught something really interesting there. No, just play acting. I wasn't sure if it was a man or a woman that he was play acting with. Because there seemed like quite a few ladies up front at that gig. I guess Art being the ladies' man, there were quite a few ladies, weren't there? Yeah. And then the power goes off, and then they do pipeline. The Dead Kennedys do, like, an instrumental pipeline. It's and then, cool. And then Jello sits down, like, just the all, all the all raw stuff. And the young Canadians, the drummer... Of the young Canadians. Tells at that time. Barry Taylor. Yeah. He's playing along, and behind him, I Brain Eater is doing some paintings on the wall. Like yeah, he's painting. Black and white. And again, people can watch all this if they come next Wednesday That's right. out to Little Mountain. Yeah. So he's doing all this painting. Did the drummer get any paint on his back or anything like that? No, but did you see Jim had a big bee leaf painted on his back? You saw that, right? Yes, I did see that. I just thought I was wondering about the paint dripping anywhere. Nah. Jim's he was, a good, he, he was, Jim, Jim is Jim is a professional. Paint doesn't drip on Jim Cummins. Because <laughs> it was great that he banged it out so quickly too. Oh, yeah. Well, he's in a because it wasn't amazing. that long to do a huge. It was a huge drawing too, wasn't it? Yeah, Jim is one of Vancouver's. Well, it's, he's just one of our most amazing artists. I mean, I don't think he's appreciated at all in the arts. Scene, maybe the way you he could, should be. Maybe you could set that up. What is Brain Eater doing at that point? The Ktels are playing yeah. at the Vancouver East Cultural Center. Yeah, he didn't do the painting behind the dead Kennedys, so did he? No. No, it's just for the K-Tells. Just for the K-Tells. What is he doing there? Maybe you can describe to the people. Well, the canvas is... How big would you say the canvas was? To the ceiling. Yeah, it was huge. And so he had to get up on a ladder to do the top part. And there were these... It was these faces of people that you could tell. They were like... It looked like, you know, a bunch of people in a concentration camp. They're obviously in pain. And... Jim paints these paintings that, you know, you see the demons in them and you're going, that guy must be feeling the fear and pain from people all over the world for him to be able to channel that. And it's quite an amazing painting that way. And it, 
young Canadians, K-Tails are playing, and even have a viola player join yeah. them up on stage, yeah. too. I've never seen that before yeah. Yeah. with he's young a, Canadians, he's, yeah, K-Tails. A, I didn't know they had that. He's a classical experimental violinist that Jim Bescott got in there. And that's something that we haven't talked about much, is Jim Bescott, who is, who is R.I.P. And... Um, he actually put that whole gig together and got permission from the VECC to do it because no one would touch, touch punk groups at that point. And he managed by some miracle to get the VECC to okay it by taking personal responsibility for it. Well, it's a good thing it wasn't packed with people then because later Dead Kennedys gigs, there would have been a lot of trouble, weren't there? Yeah. You filmed Black Flag in 85. Did you ever film Black Flag in Vancouver with Ron Reyes at all? Oh, uh, yeah, I did. Is that something you might unearth for future showings? Oh, absolutely, yeah. What do you remember about that gig? Um, well, there was a hardcore Eddie one, one, and I haven't got deep enough into the rest of my tapes to know if I got anything else. There's a lot of gigs I did I can't even remember. But um, You did get Black Flag a few times then in Vancouver. I think I got them an, one, at least once other time, but I'm, I'm not going to like swear to that. But for sure, they're in 81, hardcore 81. And what about other USA bands that you filmed that were up here? Like you did that interview with the police. Any other bands you happened to capture? Um, I got a little bit of pink section with really, really awful sound. There was, um, there was the accident. I got them. From Jeez. Bellingham? From Bellingham, yeah. Their record is worth yeah. a lot of money. Really? Yes. Oh, I- Do you have that? I might. Gee, I didn't know that. You could probably make 500 bucks off that, too. God, I better go look through my records. So you really like selling your records, or you sell the records so you can buy editing time and then Uh, release a DVD, hopefully down the line, a movie. That's what you're working on, ultimately? We're working on a movie. It'll be a very long movie, though, won't it? Many hours. a lot of people say it's got to be several-part movie to do that. Or, you know, really, there's enough footage there to do, like, movies about bands separately on some of them, because I got a lot of footage of each of them. So, and they're all very, really interesting. And you are Doreen Gray and Doreen again. What is happening next Wednesday? There's going to be a show of the DKs and the KTELs at Little Mountain Gallery. Stuff that you shot. Yes. In Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yes. yes. And right now, we have a band here called Magic Dragon. <laughs> That's Ron Nelson. Yeah. And what can you tell the people about Magic Dragon? You told me something about Magic Dragon, didn't you? No, I didn't. Yes. You no, said I, didn't. I had to be careful with Magic Dragon. <laughs> I said, don't play a record you haven't listened to yet, Nardwar. That's what I said. I'm excited about the Magic Dragon. This is pre Courage of Lassie. Pre Courage no, no, of Lassie. It's, it's after Courage of Lassie. Oh, it's post Courage of yes, Lassie. Yes, absolutely. Magic Dragon from Vancouver, British Columbia. Yeah. No, they were actually in Toronto then. But the record came out of Vancouver? No, it came out of Toronto. Oh, really? I yeah. think it is on a Vancouver label, though. Really? Okay, yes. well, you're the expert, Well, right? I'm not sure. I just grabbed it. I just grabbed it. I actually found out about it through the timeline at thepunkmovie.com. Oh. Well, then they've got the timeline wrong. They've got the timeline There's or something. There's a few things they've got wrong. Well, I'm not sure if it was on the timeline... Yes, it was on the timeline, but that was for thepunkmovie.com. But you have your own stuff, though, that people can get a hold of, too, if they want to get a hold of you, right on the web? Uh, yeah, if you want to go to uh, MySpace under Doreen Gray, you can find a lot of my vids. Actually, in MySpace, I've got a film. I, have act- I actually made the first punk movie back in 2006, 
and it's called Bull Race Children, The Life and Death of Dreams, Part 1. And that's on MySpace. You can find that by looking for Doreen Gray. Doreen, D-O-R-E-E-N. Doreen Gray, MySpace, Bull Race Children. G-R-E-Y. G-R-E-Y. Yeah. Doreen Gray, and it's under the videos, and it has that clip of the police and much other great stuff on her. It's like yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. And also on Facebook, people can find you too, right? Yeah. And be added so that your next event Oh, no, that's for the VDO Collective. You V-D-O-C. Type, if you, if you got, yeah, if you have an account on Facebook, you type in VDO, and then it'll come up, VDO Collective. So here we have Magic Dragon released on Friends Records from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Magic Dragon.
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And we have here today Doreen Gray, who's showing a whole bunch of her videos, namely a whole performance of the Dead Kennedys, a whole performance of the KTELs, and Jim Cummins' Eye Brain Eater painting a neat thing behind the KTELs as the KTELs perform. And all this will be performed for you at the Little Mountain Studios next Wednesday night. And we just heard right there some magic dragon, and we have some clarification from a caller. Exactly what did you want to say, caller, about what we just played? Hello, are you there, caller? I am here. I'm there. Who are you, caller? I am Jamie Clay. Jamie Clay, what can you tell the people about magic dragon and Lenore uh, Doreen Gray? Uh, Well, just to clarify, Magic Dragon came before Courage of Lassie and after the Singing Cowboys. That was Ron Nelson's uh, first band after private school. Which also featured Dave Gregg. I always like bringing that up. Dave Gregg of DOA, private school. You betcha. Rock and Roll Radio. And which combos have you been in over the years? Sort of people can get updated on that, Jamie. Uh, Well, I was in private school as well. And where did you go on after private school? Because private school kind of went into Magic Dragon. You were not in Magic Dragon, or were you in Magic Dragon? uh, I started up Warsaw after private school. And Magic Dragon had an interesting synth sound, kind of ahead of their time, perhaps, a bit? Oh, man, Magic Dragon were uh, so underrated, ahead of their time. They should have continued on as Magic Dragon. So I don't know what happened there. Um, I think a lot of the other members kind of left and started other bands. So and uh, Courage of Lassie was started up, um, but Magic Dragon was was a really great band. And, and uh, oddly enough, uh, Ron Nelson uh, really wanted to call Private School the Magic Dragons. He was right into that. But eventually, there became a Magic Dragon a bit later on. He got an opportunity to form a band and call it the Magic Dragons. But uh, private school used to play Puff the Magic Dragon live on stage at the windmill, places like that. In Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You betcha. And how about the Vancouver East Cultural Centre? Were you at that gig? Were you at that Dead Kennedys gig there at all, Jamie? Uh, I wasn't, though I missed it, but I've seen the video, and it's just like you're there. So if you, if you weren't there, it, it's awesome. If you were there, it's, it's just a great thing to review again. And how did you get involved with VDoc? How did you get involved with Doreen Gray and all this video stuff after all these years? Well, I don't know. I don't don't know really uh, where it started, but uh, it just kind of came together. Um, I knew uh, Doreen Gray had these, uh, Lenore Herb had these great uh, videos, and uh, they were kind of uh, moldering away, and they needed rescuing. So I thought, well, here's a good opportunity to to put some ingenuity together and uh, see if we can... uh, kind of salvage these and uh, start showing them to the public. And I was trying to tell the listeners of the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, and again, you're listening to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, how awesome this show is. Dead Kennedys, K-Tales, I Brain Eater. Can you say a bit more about what you saw? Because it is so clear, isn't it? It's like so clear. It, it's, it's a really uh, great uh, capture of the time. It's a great capture of both those bands, the Kate or the Young Canadians, uh, the Dead Kennedys before they were like the big dead, dead Kennedys, and the bonus of uh, Jim Cummings' high brain eater painting in the back there is just absolutely awesome. It's such a, a, an event. And on top of that, 
the video quality is superb and the sound quality is superb. I mean, you can't get any better than all that, all together. All filmed at the Vancouver's Cultural Center. Vancouver's Cultural Center, which never had any of these kinds of gigs and never did any of this. So it's really quite uh, something to see. And now all transported to Little Mountain Studios. Yeah, Little Mountain Gallery, um, 26th in Maine, uh, coming up on Wednesday. Um, Absolutely awesome. There's going to be a lot of people there. Now's your chance to see this, anybody listening. um, Perfect opportunity to catch both bands, uh, Dead Kennedys, uh, K-Tels, young, in their prime, all good-looking guys. Uh, The audience is is just awesome. Just every, you know, it's a a wonderful, wonderful um, snapshot of back then. Yeah, and you might want to add, Jamie, that since Nardwar already brought up the uh, brought up Bill Bissett, that Private School did uh, a few songs with Bill Bissett on stage at the windmill. Yeah, we performed with Bill Bissett. Uh, Ron uh, had a very innovative uh, mind, and he was always trying different things. You know, like we did Puff the Magic Dragon; that was in our our set list. Um, and then a couple of nights at the windmill, we had uh, Bill Bissett come up and uh, do poetry readings. So we played behind Bill Bissett. All the while, um, I think it was uh, Marion that was uh, snapping all of this with Polaroids and throwing the Polaroid pictures out into the audience. Why did private school break up? Uh, a lot of reasons. Um, uh, you know, it's the old band thing where it just implodes after a while. Um, some of us uh, got itchy and wanted to try different things. Um, some of us were traveling on holidays. Um, you know, it just it was time to move on, I think. How long was it before Dave Gray got into DOA, and were you asked to go into DOA at all? <laughs> I was asked, uh, Joy, if he ever needed a sax player. You should have seen his face. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, funny. Dave, Dave always wanted to play with private school. He was, he was always, he'd always come, come to private school practice and he'd say, oh, you should have seen DOA last night. They did this and they were playing that song and then he'd, he'd start playing the song on guitar and of course we'd all look at each other and say, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, so he was a huge DOA fan. Well, thanks so much for phoning in and mentioning again about the amazing Dead Kennedys performance, KTEL's Brain Eater exhibition happening on Wednesday night next week. Really appreciate that, Jamie. And Doreen? I I just want to, Jamie, can you give Dennis a call and ask him to call in? Sure. Thanks. I'd appreciate that. Yeah, it's sounding good, guys. And uh, this video is awesome, as I say. Uh, the sound quality is excellent, and the picture quality is excellent. You can't get any better than that for for a really uh, you know thirty one year old video. Film is a different story. Film uh, preserves, but video doesn't. So to have such a, a clear, uh, perfect sounding and perfect looking um, quality is a bonus, and uh, not to mention the the two bands uh, just in their young in their prime. Yeah, everything just came together. So, and one other point, too, is that VDoc does not repeat these showings. So if you want to see this stuff before it, the material goes into the film or goes into some other format, you're going to have to see it now because we do not repeat these shows. That's true. A one-time showing. One-time showing. Yeah, we've done Hardcore 81. Now, what was that like? Was that a multi-camera shoot, too? 
That's one show that we probably will repeat because it was a very short edited version of Hardcore 81 and there was a lot of bands that weren't shown at, at our Hardcore 81 show which included um, uh, Black Flag and... Seven Seconds. Seven. Well, no, it had did show Seven Seconds but um, there was no exit. I didn't put any exit in, no exit in that in that edit either so Hardcore 81 is actually going to be re-shown but it'll be a different edited version. And this was a multi-camera shoot? Yes. So was who was work? Was it Ed on the camera as well? No. Uh, Carol Siegel was there. Um, uh, mine goes blank. And Jamie, Doreen was dragging this huge thing to the gig to set it all up, eh? Oh man, it... Uh you got to give that uh, person kudos for doing that. I mean, she hauled around this this really ancient, what we think as being ancient and antiquated equipment. She was hauling it around on her on her shoulders and, and her back, and you know, and just to get this stuff. And nowadays, we we shoot this kind of stuff with our our, our uh, iPhones and whatever, you know, our cell phones. You know, we don't even think that back then. It was you know carrying around a couple of elephants. The Hardcore 81 one is really interesting, at least the clips I've seen, because you can see the audience and you can see GX Jupiter Larson of the haters in the audience. The haters, Doreen. Yeah, I was with the haters for a while. Actually, GX used to live at my house. He's still around? Yeah, he's in San Francisco now. Or is it Los Angeles? I can't remember. And he's still making great noise noise stuff. Because some of their records are pretty rare, too, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. No, he's really famous on the noise circuit, actually. And you can see him in the audience of Hardcore 81. It's yeah. that clear. Yeah. Were you at that performance there, too, at all, Jamie? Did you watch Hardcore 81? I did, yeah. And I watched uh, Dave Gregg slip and fall on stage because it was just so full of beer and spit and all kinds of stuff. And he, he fell pretty hard. It looked like he hurt himself. But he got up, what a trooper, and he's continued on playing. What about releasing this, i.e., has Joey Shithead thought about releasing this at all? Um, that's a whole other story. <laughs> if you want to know that one, he must be interested in the footage because well, I don't think he's released it at all. I started talking to him about you know doing that, and I don't know he has he has ideas about what he considers to be his ownership of stuff, and you know you have to like when you do something when someone does one thing and someone does another, and you want to jointly put it out there you have to make an agreement with each other one can't just dominate the other and say this is the way it's going to be well thanks so much for phoning in jamie really appreciate it anything else you want to tell the people out there at all and get dennis uh just to come down uh little mountain galleries on wednesday and see what what uh what's what's been preserved um, and maybe support uh, our mission to get more stuff like this preserved. A lot of it needs transferring, and uh, we can't do it alone. We need uh, like donations accepted, uh, and all the the entire door, the admission fee, goes towards the preservation of of these uh, videos. So uh, come on down, so you can have a chance to see more of this stuff in the future. And right now we're going to play some Los Populeros featuring Bill's shirt. What can you tell the people about, I love the expression, what can you tell the people there, Jamie? But Jamie, what can you tell the people about Bill's shirt, Los Populeros? Oh, Bill's shirt, don't get me started. <laughs> Will he be there? Yeah, he'll be there, yeah, with bells on. Bells. So here's Los Populeros. Well, thanks so much, Jamie, and yeah. do 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 do. Uh, Rudy, dude. 
uh, almost. Do 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 do. Do do. Bernard doesn't let you go. Do 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 do. Sorry. Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show. And that was Bill Shirt singing with Los Populeros. And we still, still, still have Doreen Gray here live on the Nardwater, the Human Serviette Radio Show. If you want to check out some of Doreen Gray's stuff, go to MySpace, MySpace, Doreen Gray, D O R E E N G R. 
E-Y. E-Y. Click on videos and there's a movie there called uh, Part One. Bovary's Children, The Life and Death of Dreams, Part One. And it was the first punk movie, actually. And there are quite a few clips in that movie, including Sting getting interviewed, not by Dimwit. But but, by Ron Nelson. But by Ron Nelson from Private School. Private School and The Singing Dragon. I mean, The Magic Dragon. (laughs) And we have lots and the singing of cowboys. Lots of footage will be unleashed in future. In future, yeah. For but instance, you get one chance to see it. That's it. On Wednesday night. It will. That's right. At yeah. Little Mountain Studios. At Little Mountain Studios. The Dead Kennedys. We Dead have some Kennedy. live Dead Kennedys coming up right now. But before that, I was going to mention to you Tunnel Canary and also You Jerks. Yeah. How much footage do you have of them? I got some, a lot of footage of you, Jerk, and Tunnel Canary, yeah. I got at least a couple of hours of each. Because those were some great bands. Yeah. Where did you film them? Where did you film Tunnel Canary, and how did they go over? Uh, well, the gig that I like, the Tunnel Canary stuff that I like the most was from the Rock Against Prisons gig, which was put on by the women who were supporting women in prison and work with prisoners. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, punk rock actually had a purpose. And whenever we had gigs, there were usually benefits for things like that. Rock against prisons, rock against radiation, rock against racism. You know, we had, we had an idea, we had ideals. And we followed up on them with music. And that's what you're doing still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's still there. Punk is still going. It's still going. And Tunnel Canary were an interesting band, too, weren't they? Very noisy. Uh, I wouldn't say noisy as very avant-garde. And you had to, you know, if you wanted to listen to Tunnel Canary, you had to, you had to get your brain out of your head and just and let let Phaedra take you where it had to go. If you're standing back and just trying to absorb it and pretend you're listening to music, that's not what Tunnel Canary was about. Tunnel Canary was an experience. It was an altered state experience, and you had to alter your mind and alter your ears. What about the haters? The haters, well, they're like they're even farther. They're even more avant-garde than that. So, did you film them at all? Yep. So you think that might come out at one of your exhibitions? This is yeah, going to take a long time to get everything out, isn't it? But it's just haters in the dark, like with no lights. Which is perfect. That's Which what people perfect. want, so right? So it's a video, a black video with haters. Which is consistent of what they usually did, right? right? What other sort of shows did they do? They did some other sort of shows. Well, we did performance art at the at what is now the art gallery. And we like smashed TVs and stuff like that. At the Rock Against Prisons gig, it has a Subhumans playing, and that's probably one of the most legendary Subhumans gigs ever, because yeah. it has Wimpy with his jeans almost ripped off. I love that shot. Yeah. I've got other Subhuman stuff, and unfortunately, the tape, that part of the tape did not fare too well with the Subhumans. I think I found another tape with the same footage on it, so it might be a bit better. Or I did another transfer, but... Unfortunately, there's a lot of dropouts in that one. I was so, I felt so embarrassed because, you know, Brian had to watch this stuff and it was all chopped up and it wasn't, you know. The visuals look great, though. Visually, it looks great. They are great. Visually, it looks great. Like, you know, in the future, when we have a lot of money and we can plug the holes, we can, we'll we'll be able to salvage something from it. So, how much do you have? How much do you have? 
Of what? How much footage do you have? Like, when is it going to end? It'll never end, will it? Oh, well, you know, there'll be, you know, it'll take me 15,000 hours to edit it all, maybe. And how are you editing it? What sort of editing machines do you have? Well, I, I'm just using a computer. What type of computer? What type of program? Oh, a Mac and Final Cut Pro. So are you looking for people to help you? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for asking that question, Nardwar. I would love to anyone who's proficient in Final Cut Pro to get a hold of us because we desperately need a technical editor to help us with this stuff. And it's the most amazing footage, too, so it must be really fun to edit, too. Oh, it, it is. Too. Really. Totally. Yeah, it's amazing. Especially if you have an interest in this era, it would be something that you'd really love to do. Like editing some of that Black Flag stuff. I think people would really love to see that, wouldn't they? Yeah. With all the interest in Black Flag and Dead Kennedys. Is that finished now? Is that finished to edit? Is it now finished? For the VECC? Yeah, are you cleaned up? Like no more Dead Kennedys after that? Are you happy with it? Um, well, no, we're working on the sound right now for that. And then once that's done, then it will be finished. But there's still a bit more. Tr- I have to do another transfer of that footage. Because the end is missing. The end is missing. Was Bill Gates ever interested in any of this stuff? You know, EMP in Seattle? I never asked them. I didn't even approach them. I mean, just the problem is, is like you, you can't go and say, ask for someone to help you if you don't have something to show them that they need to help you with. It's a catch-22 situation. You have to transfer the stuff to show them, to get them But over the years, them. did anybody ever approach you for any of the footage? Um, well, Suzanne did. Aside from was, her, though? Um... Yeah, well, yeah, a couple of people, but they just want me to um they just want me to give it to them for nothing. And I'm going, well, no, not I don't really want. I, I'd like to transfer it and I'd like to make a film. So what are you going to give me for using this this footage that I can use to put back into making a film? And nobody ever wants well, first of all, you get treated badly because you're a woman, especially if you're older women, they sort of like spit on you a lot and they they actually, actually spit like on shit? you? Well, Actual no. spit? No, but I'm, I'm, I'm just... You're just, strong just, enough to spit back, though, like, aren't you, Lenore? Just, you spit back. You're good at spitting back, aren't you? Yeah, I'm pretty wordy sometimes, yeah. yeah. I, I, I went toe-to-toe with John Armstrong on Facebook the other day, and, and wow. I think I won. I won. That is quite an achievement. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. What were you talking to him about? Oh, it's a long story. Oh, that's great. What an amazing 21st century argument. Toe-to-toe with John Armstrong, the modernist, and you won. And you're laughing, so it gave you pleasure then. Oh, it, was, it was fun. It's all, in, it's all in... It's humor. You know, like, it's all in fun. I mean, anybody who takes Facebook seriously is, is strangely wrong. And right now, we have some live Dead Kennedys for people to get Dead Kennedy-ized for next Wednesday, again, next Wednesday... Little Mountain Gallery, it's going to be the K-Tells, the Dead Kennedys, and I Brain Eater. The whole gig, over an hour's worth of stuff from July the 15th, 1979. So July the 5th, 1979, at the Vancouver East Cultural Center was the K-Tells, Dead Kennedys, and Brain Eater. And we're going to transport that, or you, Doreen Gray, G-R-E-Y, is going to transport that to Wednesday, May the 19th, 7 p.m., Little Mountain Gallery, 195 East 26th Avenue. And again, for people to get in touch with you if they want help with editing or anything and future stuff how do they do that doreen gray myspace yeah they can do that for sure or youtube i uh, don't know if, yeah i guess you can i don't know if there's contact through youtube there but is for myspace there is 
And also the Facebook is the main place, right? Well, for the Video Collective, yeah, so you can VDO. join that Video Video Collective, and then you join that, and we'll let you know of future gigs coming up, and you can contact us and say whatever. And did you want to give away a free ticket to the sure. first caller in? Sure. And if they can answer the collect, if they can answer the skill testing question of what is playing next Wednesday, they okay. will win a cool. free ticket to go see the Dead Kennedys Excellent. from nineteen seventy nine preserve on tape. And right now, here's the Dead Kennedys on the Nardwarder Humans Radio Show at 604-822-2487, 604-UBCCATR, if you want to win. So right now, here's the Dead Kennedys. Thanks so much, Doreen. Anything else you want to Thank add you, to the Nardwarder. people out there at all? Um, mm. Well, thanks so much, and <laughs> do do the loot do Do-do. Yeah! 